everyone, welcome back to another week of With Love Alexa. To me, today in studio, I have Brandon Klein here with me. Um, he's a meditation coach who received his master's in clinical psychology. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking with him about his story and how he got into meditation and what meditation means to him. Um, hi, Brandon. How are you? Uh, good, bad, everything in between. I think I think in this moment I'm good, though. Oh, that's good. I think I'm good. I don't know. Lately, I, I haven't known how to answer how are you because I think it requires like a 45-minute answer. Yeah. But for now, we'll stick with good. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like when people ask me, like, I don't want to just say bad, like, if I'm in pain. Like, I don't want to say, like, I'm fine. So it's like I say I'm the same or I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, or just I am. Yes. I am. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> Fill in the answer. So I'm really excited that you're here because I've actually really been wanting to get into meditation. And we talked a little bit about it off um, off the air. But tell us a little bit maybe about your background, your life growing up in West Bloomfield, school. Sure, I'll give you the, uh, well, let's see, I'll give you like the Spark Notes version of my life and pop in wherever you think it gets too boring or too exciting. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I'm 26 years old. I grew up uh, in West Bloomfield, Michigan. Um, I grew up always very interested in sports and in music, um, and I was also always really interested in psychology and why people uh, behaved in the ways that they did. Um, in high school, I played a lot of tennis, and in my junior year of high school, I went out, uh, I thought I was going to work in the music industry. I took an internship in Nashville, and I got really, really down there. I didn't like the job at all. I ended up coming back to Michigan, and about a week after coming back, I decided I was going to apply for PhD in clinical psychology programs, which is par for my course, uh, making decisions very fast and running with them. Uh, and then I ended up going to Long Island to pursue a PhD in clinical psychology um, where I was doing some cool things. I was a training clinician. I was teaching meditation to clients, um, but I was also unhappy there um, and ended up leaving that program after receiving my master's, as you mentioned, um, came back and decided, hey, I really like that meditation thing. Um, I think there's something to be done with that. Um, so about two and a half years ago, I launched uh, a meditation coaching business. Um, I had seen a lot of it happening in New York and in L.A. where things are usually 10 years ahead of where Michigan is. Yeah. And I decided let's uh, – I wasn't the only one teaching meditation here, but one of the few that was doing it in a really full-time prominent way. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past two and a half years. Obviously glazed over a lot of details about me, but I'd say that's the Spark Notes version of, of growing up. That's good. When did you um, realize you liked meditation? Did you always kind of like it or did something No, I didn't really, I don't think I knew about it um, until I was 20 years old. So I was a sophomore at the University of Michigan where I completed my undergrad. And there was this woman named Martha Travers who taught this class called Contemplative Practices. And it was one of those classes where it wasn't public on the course guide. You had to like know a friend who would give you Martha's email. And I emailed Martha and I got into this class. And I had always grown up with some sense of anxiety, actually a lot of anxiety. Um, specifically, I was diagnosed with obsessive com compulsive disorder. So really what that meant for me was I would have lots of thoughts, intrusive thoughts, often thoughts I didn't want to have. And then I would have to do some kind of behavior or compulsion to get rid of it. And so meditation was, I, I had been on meds and still am on meds and have no issues with them. They helped me a ton. And I had been in therapy and still am, but I had never had this component of some kind of skill or training mechanism for my brain and my mind. So Martha in the meditation class gave me a skill to 
uh, notice when, when and what my thoughts are coming and then what can I do with them. And so it was like this, this massive, massive, massive light bulb shifting moment when I learned this practice because it was like, whoa, I did not know that I could feel this way. I did not know that I could see my thoughts and not have to identify mm-hmm. with them. So yeah, when I was 20 years old and then, uh, I've been on and off of it since, but obviously I teach it now. So I, I clearly <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would hope. But yeah. I guess you never know. Well, it's not fun. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's miserable. Um, but, like, so what? Like, so many things that are worth doing in life, are. it takes work. Um, and so I tell people meditation isn't relaxing. Um, you might feel relaxed, but ultimately it's it's work and you're grappling with your thoughts so that you can enjoy your life more. And, yeah. And it doesn't need to be fun. Right. Like, if you think about it, um, you really are working and like your brain, you're working, um, even if it's just trying to remember to like stay in the moment. So I remember I had done a few practices like in therapy or just trying it out. And I always had to like kind of tell myself just to stay focused because your mind wanders. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. Like it's hard to just tell yourself to stay focused. And the cool thing about meditation is it by doing that work beforehand, you're more likely to automatically be in the moment. Like it's not yeah. something where you need to, or you can remind yourself and it's easier to shift to that way of being. So it's like, it's like telling someone to pick up a box that they're not strong enough to pick up. Or has that person been doing bicep curls for months and months and months? And then when you tell them to pick up the box, they can do it. So it's like you, you train meditation so that when you need to be in the moment, you already are. Yeah. So it's like that beginning. So it's like the beginning part of meditation is probably the trickiest. Yeah, for sure. But it's all it's hard for the rest of your life. Yeah. But yeah, starting anything is always hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are um, so what are some of your favorite techniques? Of for meditation. Yeah. So I, I don't really have like I have like a whole routine that I do that would probably be more nuanced to explain here rather than just to practice. But basically what I do is I lead participants through journaling exercises before and after the meditation. So they'll check in with their mind their body and their mood. The mind is the, th- the thoughts going on in their head. I usually say, if I had a megaphone up to your head, what would I hear? Yeah. Uh, body is the physical sensations in your body. Mood is, like we alluded to at the beginning, the honest answer to how are you. Um, and then I do like a 20 to 25 minute meditation that includes breathing exercises, mantra work, work on how to deal with thoughts, and then I usually wrap up with a gratitude visualization. And then we do more journaling to compare and contrast where we were before and after, and then we end with group discussion. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, regardless of who I'm working with, the routine stays very similar. Of course, if I'm doing something like a Jewish meditation practice, I'll, I'll tailor it a bit, or I work with a group of combat vets, you know, I'll tailor it a right. bit. But I believe that at, at baseline, we're all human beings, and we're all able to handle the same routine. Yeah. I like that. I actually, because I also love writing, so the journaling would be fun. Yeah. I've been trying to like journal more, but. What does that mean, trying? Like, I'll like have the idea to do it. Yeah. And want to do it, but then it's like, it almost seems like a chore because I have like so much other going on, other things going on. Like, I love to blog, so I guess that's like my way of like, because I get some of my like feelings or ideas out. Yeah. But I think, like, I decided actually for this year. Instead of doing a resolution, because I know me, that doesn't ever work. Like, you kind of have the best intentions, so, and just sometimes it doesn't end up following through because of life. So I actually am doing um, monthly 30-day challenges. So, like, right now, I decided to, like, skip the alcohol and drink more water. 
that's for like good. all of January. That's a good thing. Yeah, and yeah. I've been doing it. So yeah. how do you feel? Good. good. I feel good. And like sometimes you'll have like that the want for like it sounds good, but then it's just mm. like I'd rather not disappoint myself by like not sticking with it. Sure. Well, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. So it helps. It's nice. So that like one of them I think it's going to be to journal every day. That that's great. I think that's yeah, great. Yeah, so the, that way it'll the mind, get body, me. mood thing's a good thing you could yeah. do. Um, the, there's something called the morning pages where you can just wake up and stream of consciousness, right? Even if, even if it's just gibberish. Uh, there's so many journaling techniques you can do. And the one I do is just one that I think is really good for meditation because it helps you get in touch with your yeah. internal being. I was, um, I went to this doctor, a mind-body doctor, um, when I was kind of trying to figure out how to get better um, health-wise. And... he has like this he had this book and I would like in different sections I would either maybe like write a letter to someone that like has upset me Mm. like trying to get that out or maybe like even pretending they're in front of me like um to yell or like to do whatever I wanted to do like just different things and one's been one was like a journal type of thing and I liked it yeah those are fantastic exercises And it was really cool. Like I even like when I would get anxious, like they always said, like look, pretend your thoughts are the clouds outside. They're just keep mo- they can just keep moving. Yeah, that's it. So, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's a nice visualization. Yeah. So I've I've lacked a little in the practice. I just need to like start a routine, and I think that'll like help to get me to do it all the time. It's right there waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> the journal's not running away. No, and yeah. neither are the clouds. And neither are the clouds. Well, they'll always be there. Well, they're they're elusive. The clouds we have no control over, just like our thoughts. True. Yeah. Um, what is, what would you say is like, the hardest part of meditation for you, at least? Hmm, it's a good question. I would say it's more of an idea, but the hardest part of meditation is like being okay with sitting with boredom. Because in my opinion, the thing, one of the things that we fear the most as human beings is boredom, is like lack of stimulation. And so physically sitting still and quote, not doing anything is the hardest part of meditation. It's the fact that you're sitting there potentially bored, feeling the longing to do something else like you alluded to, like feeling like you have so many other things to do. That's the hardest part is literally sitting down to do it and being willing to be bored. Yeah, I think. That's that is important. Like also, like people are afraid to be alone. Like sometimes it's important just to be on your own for a little while. Solitude is one of the greatest teachers. I've learned in college, I would sometimes have to go eat by myself because like your friends or whoever are different timing and in between class. And at first, I was like nervous to do it because I always just felt like so weird, like sitting by yourself. Now I'll go if I'm hungry in the mood, I'll go get sushi and sit by myself, and like it doesn't bother me. It's wonderful. You're so, alone with your thoughts. You get to you get yeah. some time to sift through some things yourself. I know it's nice, especially like when you're working all the time. So it's like you want to just take a deep breath and just be on your own for a minute. Hundred percent. I like it actually a lot. So it could also be I'm partly I'm an only child, so I'm kind of used to like not having a house full or of people besides my parents and I. Yeah, I could see where that prepared you to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to be. You had no choice. <laughs> um, do you have any, like, fun stories from your time in, like, learning meditation or, like, funny stories, like, maybe from clients or just... 
Not really. I don't think so. Um, I don't think anything... I, I wouldn't call any of what I do fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just... Yeah, no, I don't think so. Or I guess a better question. I didn't mean, like, funny, but... Have you gotten, like, clients who have, like, come back or or, or come to you, like, saying, like, it's changed them completely? All the time. Yeah. That must make yeah. feel really good, too. Yeah, it does. I mean, in a certain sense, like, you don't want to let it go to your head. Because right. really... It has nothing to do with me. I mean, this practice has been around for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, the one thing that has to do with me is, yeah, I have a certain personality and, like, I'm delivering it in a certain way. But, like, at the end of the day, this was already within them. I'm just gui- I'm guiding them in a practice mm-hmm. that helps them unlock something. So, yeah, it feels good. I don't want it to feel too good. Um, but, yeah, I, I have countless stories of people that have just, yeah, it's completely changed their life and yeah it for for most people it has yeah for most people it has because it's a very benign side effectless practice right and there are a few things that i could do you know a few people haven't clicked with my routine but more so than yeah i was gonna ask that next if people um ever came to you and just said it's not working or what can i do like just well most of the time not to like put on them most of the time it wasn't working they weren't doing it um you know it's it's if you show up and you do this thing i'm gonna find it hard to believe that it's not gonna help you but then again, there are some people that aren't going to click with my specific routine. I always recommend other teachers if they don't like my routine. I am a little bit more no-nonsense and some people sarcastic in my approach. So people who don't like humor and satire and sarcasm are going to really despise me. Or if they don't, like, understand sarcasm, too. Yeah. Because, like, if they don't understand, they'll think you're not joking, but you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, like, I would see, like, being a personality type, too. Yeah. Because I know, like, I think, too, some of my reasons maybe I haven't clicked is, like, I've always done it, like, through the phone, like, an app or something. And some of the voices just aren't, like, I can't, like, they actually give me more anxiety, some of the voices on the the app, like, the monotone. Yeah, well. So maybe a person would be better, like, in person. Maybe. I mean, I always think in person's better than digital. I've also been saying lately, and I recognize this is hyperbolic, but I've been saying lately that having meditation apps on your phone is like having an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in a liquor store. It's just not a good idea. Because if you look at your smartphone, like, the average person, like, let's just say hypothetically, they have text, email, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, Twitter, and all these things, and then there's this meditation app right next to it that's supposed to help them be present, and then mm-hmm. while they're meditating, they're getting messages through all those yeah. other platforms. Like, obviously, you can, you can you know, go on Do Not Disturb, and you can do some things to make it so that it's not like having an AA meeting in a liquor store. But I think there might be better ways to... I think we should leave our digital media aside more often than not when meditating. Yeah. If possible. So what would you suggest then, like, if they aren't able to make it to an in-person class, what can they do maybe to still meditate at home but maybe putting the app away? I know that's the problem. I'm not sure I have the answer to that yet. <laughs> I'm in the – and that's and that's why it's like, well, Brandon, great. You want to you wanna bash the current system but you don't want to have a replacement. I'm in the process right now. Maybe someone else has already done it, but I'm in the process of buying a bunch of old iPods, recording some meditations, and uploading them on that. I'm a big fan of utilizing old technology uh, that isn't as distracting for single-use purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are meditation CDs out there that they could find that they like um, or if they can – you know, get one of my iPods when I come up with an iPod. Like I said, too, like there are ways to um, turn your phone on, do not disturb, um, disable the internet, things like that. But really what I'd recommend is take a course in learning how to self-lead your own practice. 
um, that will remove the need for guidance every day. And then when you do go to a teacher, that's like your reinforcer. Okay. So that's another option. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, like meditating in, with an app is better than not meditating at all. So like I'm not telling him not to, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to provoke thought. Yeah. yeah. Have you like seen or realized like if there's a specific time that's better, like is it better in the morning? Is it better at night? I don't know about the word better, but I think the most effective, which yeah. I guess is what you're asking, um, is first thing in the morning because from my surveying of people and my interviewing of people, the first action that they usually do when they wake up is check their phone. First off, we need to get our phones out of the bedroom. It's a crisis and it's an epidemic. And if anyone can do anything tomorrow, it's get their phone out of the bedroom and don't look back. Get yourself an alarm clock, get your phone out of the bedroom, and the first action that you can do after peeing and going to the bathroom, um, one of my favorite teachers, David G., has the RPM method, rise, pee, meditate. If you can meditate and get your get your head on straight before checking your phone, you will change your day and change your life. No questions asked. Get your phone out of the bedroom. Meditate first thing in the morning. If you want to add on a meditation, meditate last thing before you go to bed um, as a preparation. And if you want to add on a third, break up your day with it midday. Morning first thing, night second thing. But more important than meditation is habits. And if your phone is in your bedroom, you're not going to meditate consistently. There's just no chance. Yeah. So get it out actually a good point yeah um and i I will if someone reaches out if anyone if any of your listeners reach out to me i will ship them an alarm clock i do that for people that if i'm in conversation they just have to give me their address and i will ship them an alarm clock and they can start using it wow yeah that's pretty nice yeah it's very kind yeah but it's important yeah I actually kind of like, I might try that too for one of my challenges. So I'll ship you an alarm clock. Oh, Just give me your address. And and I've been using either an alarm clock or a kitchen timer for an alarm clock. Cool thing about a kitchen timer is you can set the amount of time you want to sleep for. So it's not about the time you wake up, it's about Uh, your duration of sleep. So you let me know if you want a kitchen timer or an alarm clock. Probably do the alarm clock. Okay. (laughs) Because my my sleep's all over the place. Alarm clock it is. All right. right. Sounds good. Um... Where did you come up with your the name of your company? I was, uh, so at first, actually, when I was doing this, uh, I was in Long Island. I was still in school, and I wanted to start a blog about, I don't even know, like, I just wanted to, like, have people on a blog who talked about things that were good for people. Yoga, meditation, creativity, art. I teamed up with a good buddy named Alex out there, and we were like, what's this blog going to be named? And so we were just sitting outside. Um, there's this concept in dialectical behavior therapy uh, by Marshall Linehan called Wise Mind. And I always liked that, and I was like, huh, like, why is my, what, what else would I like to say? And then all of a sudden I just blurted out Gentle Soul. Um, and so we started this blog named Why Is My Gentle Soul. It had like 40 people blogging about cool stuff. And then all of a sudden I came up with this meditation idea, so I just transferred the name. That's cool. Yeah. That, like, it's, and it's really nice, too. It's like, makes you want to meditate just because the name is so. Really? Oh, that's good. I don't know. It's gentle. Well, uh, gentle soul, but that's, like. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah, I approve. Yes, there we can keep it. The With Lava Laxa podcast approved. We have it. This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> um, so is there anything else you would like to tell our audience as we're finishing up a little bit? What do you think they'd want to hear? I don't know. Do you have any, like, fun facts about yourself or... Sure. Yeah, I love philosophy. Um, I think... I could see that. <laughs> I think that we need to... 
more important than meditation, we need to examine our life and why we do the things that we do. Meditation's important, and yeah, that's my living, but like we need to consistently examine why we do the things we do and figure out what's going to bring us meaning. You can meditate every day, but if you're not taking care of yourself and you don't know what your meaning is, great. Like it's not going to so meditation is hand in hand with all these things. Um, I'm a big fan of music. I think music is like one of the best ways to communicate the inexpressible, um, as Aldous Huxley, as Aldous Huxley would say. Um, so I'm an avid musician. Um, you used to, um, for BBYO, right? Yeah. And I saw, you used to do the... Did a lot of Jewish songwriting yeah. for BBYO, for U of M Hillel. Um, I was a Tamarack Camps song leader. Um, and I still play a lot of music, and I still play some Jewish music every now and then. I'm about to go lead a meditation at a at a synagogue where I'm going to play a song for the kiddos. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, I... I play live music a lot during my meditations and one of my dreams is actually to be like a performance meditation coach where I team up with like lighting artists and dancers and multimedia and like we have a full immersive multimedia meditation experience, meditation and planetariums, that kind of thing oh. to, to give you events and experiences. That's so, cool. Yeah, so I, I like, uh, I love philosophy, humor, psychology and uh, music and I love figuring out ways where I can sneak them into my work. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that kind of goes together, too. Yeah. Because it's just, like, that's who you, like, who, I mean, it's who you are, so. Yeah. But it's also just, like, music and humor and meditation. Like, they all just kind of flow together. They do, like. they do. And I think humor has a place in meditation because it's all so funny to me. Like, this whole existence on this earth is funny to me. Like, just, like, the, like, look, like, our suffering is sad. Don't get me wrong. But it's also, like, when you can laugh at it and when you can play with it and have some light, it can be really healing. Um, and then you asked for fun fact, last fun fact, shameless plug. I do host a talk show in a hot tub. So, so that has nothing to do with my meditation business, but (laughs) everything to do with talking in a hot tub, hot tub, hot takes. I'm not the (laughs) the Socratic soaking symposium where we debate about topics that are ultimately meaningless. I like that. Great. Um, and then you're going to have to come back on when you create your big event and your app and all, or your iPhone. iPods? iPods, sorry. Yeah, you want you want me back on? I didn't scare you away? No. Whew, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. You got a fan. <laughs> I, it's, I just want, I want a lot of fans. Yes. I want as many fans as I can have. Well, you can never have too many. No. <laughs> maybe well, like, maybe. Yeah, there will be, there will come a time where there'll be one too many and I will know when that time is. Yeah, as long yeah. as you are self-aware, which you are. Yeah. I think so, so. <laughs> I'm really, really self-aware. I guess you'd have to to be like teaching meditation. And I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people who are. Look, I'm sure there's stuff I'm not aware of of myself that's deep inside me, and I'm sure there's meditation teachers who don't meditate and who aren't self-aware and who are doing it for. But you'd hope, you'd hope that everyone practices what they preach. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's been another week of with Love Alexa. I'm so happy I got to talk to Brandon Klein of Wise Mind Gentle Soul. That's it. Um, he was a meditation coach and. He's a big musician, and yeah. So, um, also, last thing, do you you can tell them where to find you? Yeah. So I don't really exist. I don't exist on any uh, Facebook, Instagram platforms. The only social media platform I exist on is YouTube. So you type in "Wise My Gentle Soul" on YouTube, you'll find some instructional videos on meditation, and then you can go to www.wisemindgentlesoul.com. Um, to learn more about my meditation services, um, and you can reach out to me by email and phone, which you will find on that uh, on that website. All right. Well, that was another episode. Thanks, guys. See you next week. <laughs>